Good morning, Chair City Church. So good to see you. I hope you all had a good Thanksgiving. I did. Thank you for your kind messages. I do. Any holiday, I get up early in the morning, and I, I, I like to feel those messages and words of encouragement. So thank you so much. The first four books of what we know is the, the New Testament, uh, the Gospels of Jesus Christ, they give us the story of Jesus coming to earth. You know, this is where we derive our story of Christmas. Now, have you ever had a plan, made a plan, and had it come apart on you? Anyone? Yeah, come on. I mean, it's just, yeah, yeah. Like maybe before, like maybe some of you had plans for this evening, right? And that ain't happening, huh? Or, or tomorrow, right? But, and it happens in big ways and, and little ways. Happened to me this past, I was talking to those in the huddle where our volunteers gather and is there having a hearty breakfast. Uh, I was sharing with them, this past Wednesday, I got up, five o'clock in the morning, and, and I just felt good, like, man, this is going to be a great day. I, I you know, got Thursday, Friday, uh, family coming together, and, and I said, man, I'm going to get to class. I'm going to go up to South Hamilton, get to class about eight. Uh, the seminary closed at 12.30, so our class is one of the few classes that are still on. Probably going to let us out early. You get some work home, get home by 12 o'clock, 3.30, worst case, 4. You know, want to spend some time with one of my kids. want to talk with them about something. And then me and Chrissy, you know, things are going good with her and prepping for Thanksgiving. And her mom, we can have some, a nice Thanksgiving Eve kind of date and go out. It was awesome. It was a great plan. And things were going good. And then, and then I'm sitting in my class and come to realize and talking with the professor, like, oh, you know, for a paper due, I need a couple of textbooks, references that are on hold at the library. I'm going to need them. So that's okay, you know. She, then, she doesn't let us out early. The class actually runs like 13 minutes late. And I'm going to say, I'm looking at the clock like, come on, man. So I rush out of class and I go to the library to go get these, you know, the information from these books and the library's closed. It closes at like tw- closes at like 12, 15, uh, 11.15, actually, to go to chapel. And they don't open up till 12. So now I go, well, I really need the info that's in that text because I want to get going on the paper. So I wait. 12 o'clock comes. I go in. Place closes at 12.30, 20 minutes. I get what I need done. I get on the road, and I start driving. Now, I want to figure I'm going to make up some time, so I'll shoot. I get on 128 to 95. I get on 128, 95. I drive about a mile. Bam, parking lot. It's like 1230 now. I'm like, oh, no. I'm not sitting in this. And so I'm one of the guys that, you know, I'd rather drive. I don't care if it's the same time. I just can't sit still. So I'd rather drive around. But I'm thinking, ah, you know, maybe it'll be, I go back towards the seminary because I know there's a, in the morning, I go a different route. It's the back roads. I've never gone home that way, but I'm thinking, well, if I've come that way, I probably can figure it out. Plus, I got my phone, right? I mean, you know. who. And as I'm driving, I pick up my phone, 2%. By the time I get to where we're going, boom, the thing dies. But I get some details. I got an idea. I start driving the back roads. Things are going good. I know for about maybe 15 minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and all of a sudden, I realize... I haven't seen any of this before, man. None of this is looking familiar. And I'm driving down these, like, I'm in northeast Massachusetts, driving on roads, these winding, narrow roads, 
farms. This, I mean, no people, no stores, no civilization, nothing. This happens to me. Like, if I get into an argument with my wife and I run out of the car, it's like, that's where I wind up. Nobody's around, right? That's a long story for another time. <laughs> people who have been around for a while know that one. But so, you know, for finally I come across and, you know, and I'm driving this way, and you drive back. And it's frustrating. Finally, I come across a road, and there's some stores, and there's a Dunkin' Donuts. I'm like, oh. So I go into the Dunkin' Donuts. I get some direction. I get a bagel and cream cheese and a tea, because that's always what I get I go to, when I go to Dunkin' Donuts. I get a bagel with plain cream cheese and an iced tea, but not today. <laughs> so I get in the car, start driving to 495. They give me directions like five minutes straight down the road. You can't miss it, right? Yeah, on another day, maybe, but not today. I drive about a mile, I pick up my bagel and cream cheese, I, you know, bite into it, I start chewing it, I'm like, whew, I, look, I spit it out. I'm like, what is this? And I look, and it's like a, I can't stand them. I'm like, is this, is this actually happening to me? So I go back there, kindly, yeah, man, I mean, I, want, I, I usually, if you know me, normally I wouldn't, that's another thing, I'm like, yeah, well, okay. This didn't go well. Don't, go, don't kiss, kiss the same fish twice, right? If it doesn't go well, don't go back to get you know, abused some more. But not this day. I go back there. I get my bagel and cream cheese. They reiterate the directions. I go. I'm driving. I'm driving. I'm driving. No 495, right? And they just, what they missed was, I got to a point. It was like, you could go three different ways. What's straight ahead? I mean, this way, that way, that way. I go this way. I'm driving a mile. Nothing. I see a farm. There's a lot of farms. I see cars this time, not just animals. I, I'm like, well, the cars, cars usually mean people. I drive there. Turns out there's like they sell, you know, food and cakes, and there's an ice cream stand, kind of a little cool, cool place, uh, cider donuts. And I walk in, and they give me directions. Yeah, I didn't even eat my bagel and cream cheese. I'm like, you know what? I don't even trust this place. I'm not eating it. It's, it's, a, it's a Dave thing, okay? So <laughs> I never ate it. So I get a cider donut, and then the ice cream place was open. So I'm like, okay, well, I need some therapy here. And they actually, cool place, they take their cider donuts and put it into their homemade ice cream. It was great stuff. Here I am, it's freezing out, but I get my ice cream cone, and I got my cider donuts. I start driving. Finally, I get on 495. I don't know, man, it's probably like about 1.30, 2 o'clock or whatever. Now, 1 o'clock, 1.30, and what? Park a lot, right? At about 3.45 p.m., I get home, huh? This is not what I planned. I was going to get home like 12 o'clock. Just gone. I just walked in. I looked at Christy. I put my bag down. I just walked right up into my bedroom and I sat on my bed with my head down and I pouted. <laughs> messed up my whole day. I, got, I had plans and I got messed up. And, and some of you, that, that happens, right? It happens to us. Sometimes in little ways, like it did this past Wednesday for me. Sometimes it happens in big ways. I've had that happen to me. Have you ever thought that when it came to that first Christmas, this is what happened, right? That while God was unfolding his great plan, a bunch of people's plans were getting messed up. Big time. If you read the story across those four Gospels, you're going to see that's what's happening. Now, I think we have a view of God. It's not like an intentional one, huh? But I'm going to say it's either inaccurate or incomplete. We're not aware of this, 
But if you, as I say, if you slow down your thinking, if you really do a little kind of examination of your thoughts, you might pick this up. There's kind of an incorrect, inaccurate, incomplete view. And what we're thinking is, if God is really with us, if God loved us, then our plans would not fall apart, right? Meaning, I get it, I can't control everything, right? But God, he's perfect, he's all-powerful, he can control all things. I mean, we believe in him, right? We worship him. We prayed to him. We did good things. So if God is really with us, then how could our plans fall apart? I mean, he would make sure that wouldn't happen, right? He loves us. But we're not aware of this view that kind of creeps in. Creates a subtle disconnect, doubt, disappointment with God. This way of thinking messes with our faith. Because remember, you can believe in Christ, but will you have faith in him? Will you trust in him? Now, this Christmas, I want to encourage you that you don't have to fall apart when your plans fall apart. You can trust God. This Christmas, as you are in the midst of seeing some of your new plans fall apart, <laughs> as you are still just negotiating and working through and ruminating on plans that are falling apart, in all of that, you can trust God. Jesus Christ came to give us peace in the midst of our plans falling apart. Jesus came that we could have peace with God. Jesus came because sin is a serious thing. We bring that up a lot around here because it's very relative to our lives, to our relationships, most of all our relationship with God. Sin separates us from God. And Jesus came to just close that gap, to bring us to peace in our relationship with God. This Christmas, you can have peace in your relationship with God. Let's look at Luke chapter 2, verse 14. It says, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those with whom his favor rests. Jesus came that we would have peace in a world that's filled with worry, your world filled with worry? Anxiety? You got some anxiety going on in your world? And fear. How we are so driven by fear. And all this is the antithesis to peace. Right? Today I want to give you two truths. God is with us and God is guiding us. God is with us. I want you to believe this morning that God is with me. Right here, right now, today, God is with me. Let's go to Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 through 23. It's continuing on in this Christmas story. It says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to his son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. All of this, God coming down from earth, wrapping himself in human flesh, being born to the Virgin Mary, all this, all that's happening is God with us. 
This is the greatest proclamation of all time. God is with us. This is the good news. There's no greater news come to you in your life that God is with you. It changes everything and it changed everything on earth and in eternity. God is with us. Jesus coming to earth, his life, his death, his resurrection makes it possible for us to be restored to our Father, our Creator in heaven. That's why he came. God is now with us. If you believe in Jesus, we come and we find faith in him. We have restoration with God. And then we have peace. And because of all this, we have peace with God. Peace is not, as I say, a calmness. Peace is not the absence of trouble or turbulence. Peace is a oneness and being right and restored to God. And from that, we now negotiate and navigate and withstand and overcome our messes. Huh? You need to know this. Out of all the benefits you can get from your faith, there's no greater benefit than having peace with God now and for eternity. There's no greater benefit than knowing that God is with you. Not getting married, not getting the home, not getting the job, not being free of this, not overcoming that, not leaving the addiction. No, if you make all that primary, you're going to miss what's most important, the greatest benefit of all, is that God is with you. And that you can have peace with God. Don't overlook that. Don't run to something else and say, okay, that's what's going to float my boat today. That's what's going to make me feel better about myself. Don't do that. Stop right now. What's going to uplift me? What's going to calm my mind? What's going to bless my heart? God is with me, and I can have peace with God. Don't doubt this. This first Christmas, while God is fulfilling his plan, it's messing up other people's plans. It just is. It messed up Joseph's plans big time, man, right? Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 says, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. That's an important plan, right? Joseph said, I got a plan. I'm going to marry Mary. We've grown up together. Now I'm in my late teens, maybe early 20s. I'm finally going to get to get you know, married. It's a big deal. In our culture, it was huge in theirs. It's awesome. I'm getting married. And to Mary. Verse 18 goes on to say, but <laughs> before they came together, she, Mary, was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's messed up. <laughs> so Joseph was like, my plan's messed up and you did this. Come on, are you kidding me? I've waited my whole life for this moment. I've dreamed about it. It was going to be amazing. You come along and you, and you mess it up. You messed up Mary, man. What'd you do? Yeah, Merry Christmas. <laughs> we think, oh, yeah, but it all worked out. So we don't have that emotional connection in this way. Yeah, but, it, but that's not what Joseph knew. He was in the middle of his mess. Working out was not on the horizon. Messing up, messed up was right there, huh? Like you and I, we have plans and they don't unfold the way we wanted them, the way we expected them to. Verse 19 in Matthew chapter 1 says, Because Joseph, her husband, 
was faithful to the law, to the rules of God, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly, the rules of the Jewish religion. What's going on here, Joseph is betrothed to Mary. And it's what we would kind of call engaged, but it's much more committal, much more serious, solemn. It's really closer to what we would know as a marriage committal. In those days in Jewish culture, when you were betrothed, you were legally married for the most part. You, didn't, you hadn't had the ceremony yet. You hadn't consecrated the marriage. So in order to break off that being betrothed, you had to get a divorce, Right? Joseph's life is now blown up. His plans have gotten squashed. Verse 20 says, But after he had considered this, divorcing Mary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. When your plans fall apart, you think God is not with you. Huh? But he is. We have this idea. If God is with me, my plans would not fall apart. Well, God was really with Joseph, really. And Joseph's plans really fell apart. When you think God wasn't with you because your plans fell apart or are falling apart, I want you to pause and realize that's a false way of thinking. I want you to really examine what's going on in your mind and just see it for what it is. That's inaccurate. huh? It's, it's messing with your faith. huh? When you believe something that's not true in a critical area of your life, it's going to mess things up. It's going to make things worse. I get it. Plans falling apart causes us to doubt God. But here's the truth. You don't have to fall apart when your plans are falling apart. Yes? You can trust God because he is with you. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Joseph trusted God. Now, Zechariah, another person in this story of Christmas, you know, older than Joseph, more mature, a priest, a Jewish priest, he had trouble trusting God, right? Same season. We hear about Zechariah's story in the book of Luke in the first chapter. It says pretty much about six months before Joseph and Mary having their experience, Zechariah he was a priest, meaning a, a Jewish-like pastor. He was like, okay, he's going to get married. He's going to have a family. He honored God, served God. Okay, maybe not the first year, three years, four years. Okay, we're going to keep praying, you know, slaughtering animals, 10 years, 15, 20, ah, 20, 30 years. Elizabeth is still not pregnant. So Zechariah and Elizabeth, no child, 20, 30 years. Hmm? Then an angel comes to Zechariah while he's in his holy place in the temple. And he tells him this good news, that your prayers have been answered, right? And Zechariah's like, what prayer? You know, like, man, this thing is so far off my radar. Like, like what, are you, what are you talking about, prayer, right? The angel says, your wife's going to have a baby. And Zechariah's saying, uh, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, like, like yeah, that, that chapter's closed. We, we've moved on from that. Really, what his response was like, how could that be? 
Huh? Meaning his response was, was prove it. Prove it to me. I prayed about this. I trusted God. God didn't do what I asked him to do. I trust him with that stuff. I, just prove it to me. I'm just not there in this area with God and my life and my wife. I had plans that came apart. I trusted God. Didn't work out. Okay, he, he's kind of lost some credibility in this area, huh? Trusting God can be difficult. When things don't go how we expected, we begin to think God is not with us here. And that's going to mess up your peace. It's going to mess with your peace. It's going to undermine what you do have. Because God is working for our ultimate good every single day. Mary's plans got messed up as well, right? Not just Joseph and Zechariah. What about Mary? She's a young girl, 15, 16 years of age. She's betrothed to Joseph. Clearly, Scripture tells us he's a good guy. Man, I got Joseph. We're going to have a great marriage together. Grew up together. And then the angel comes to her, and he says, hey, you're going to be with child. And she says, how can that be? <laughs> just like Zechariah, how can that be? She's in awe. Now, if you read the account of Zechariah and then the account of Mary, both angels, both had angels visiting them, and their responses are very similar. But they both say, how can it be? So Zechariah is responding in a doubtful way, right? Suspicious way. Mary says it from a place of awe, right? Mary's in awe of God. How can it be? Huh? How could God do this in me? And when you read it, the accounts, you, that both their plans got messed up big time. Zechariah wanted to have a family at this time. It didn't happen. Happened Actually, Zechariah planned to have a kid when he got married earlier in life, but it didn't happen. It happened later in life. Mary planned to have a kid after she got married, and that didn't happen. It happened earlier. It's like a comedy. Merry Christmas. You plan this, you plan that. Zechariah couldn't have a child when he wanted one. Mary had a child when she didn't want one. Look, God is playing out his plan. His plan isn't our plan. Trust him to play that plan out in your life because God is with you and also because God is guiding you. God is guiding you this morning. That's why you're here. God is reaching out to you. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 1, verse 24. It says, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. So Joseph made a decision to trust that God was with him, but that God was guiding him. Yes? Joseph's saying, look, I don't get this, all right? I'm not really sure how this story ends right now. I don't see a happy ending anywhere on the horizon for me. But I'm going to trust God. Yeah. If you read in chapter 2 of the book of Matthew, you see, you know, you keep going. The angel of the Lord tells Joseph, okay, you need to move now. Go to Egypt, right? Herod's coming after you, the king, the Jewish king. Then he later on tells him, okay, you need to leave Egypt now. Come back home with Mary and Jesus. He does that again. He 
he doesn't really know the totality of what's going on, but he, he's trusting in God. God is teaching us to trust him as our plans come apart and, and he's unfolding his plan in our lives to trust that God is guiding us. That as we have trust in God and have peace in God, we will recognize that he's guiding us. He teaches that all through scripture. The Old Testament, it says in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Don't lean on your own understanding, on your plan. Because when it comes apart, then you're going to go with it. And you're going to be messed up. And you're not going to have peace. And you're going to be unsettled. Trust in God with all your heart, all your emotions, all your will. Trust in him. Where we place our emotions, where we place our will is astonishing at times. Come on, let's pause and look back and think where, when you took the depth of your emotions, your passions, your anger, your love, your joy, think about where you place them. Mm. The Bible is saying trust in God with those emotions, with your morality. Think about where you've placed that. The Bible says trust in God with your morality today. Do not lean on your own understanding. Your hopes, your dreams, trust in God. Trust in what he's doing from the very beginning of our coming to God. We say, God, I trust you. Right? I know at some point it happened to me. At some point early on, maybe for some of you it will happen here today, that God, I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to move on from this way of living. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to turn. I'm going to repent. And somewhere in that at times, I know it was for me when I look back, and, and there was a lot of goodness in Dave having our conversation. There's some beautiful things going on. Just that I was having a conversation with God was awesome. But part of that, a little bit of it for me, was maybe I'm going to trust in God to now fulfill some of my plans. The life that I knew was going to be literally decimated. But for many of us who were more functional than I was and more uh, normal emotionally and mentally, um, we, you know, you, you, you have somewhat kept together what you might see as a decent life in good in many ways. So it's like, okay, I'm going to come to Jesus now and, I, and I'm going to trust in him parenthetically to fulfill my plan. It's not going well. It's not going the way I want it. Okay, I can see where I'm doing this and this wrong. So now he's going to help me fix that and fix this, and then my plan's going to work. You get me? Yeah. And you got to pull back from that. You got to eradicate that from your way of knowing God. Look, trusting in God means saying to God, I trust your plan even when my plan falls apart. Can you say that this morning? Can you say that? God, I trust your plan, even if my plan falls apart. Because you got a plan, right? But here's the thing. You don't have to fall apart to trust God. And I think that's why we hesitate. Like, if I trust God with my plan, 
Everything's going to fall. I'm going to fall apart. Trust in God, as the Bible tells us to, right, doesn't mean our, we have to fall apart. And it doesn't mean that God's plan will fall apart. I know I'm not the only person that struggles with this. God tells us in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9, the mind of a man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Meaning the mind of human beings, right? They have their plans, but the Lord directs the steps. It doesn't say don't have a plan. You should have a plan. Sit down with me. I've got a lot of plans. You know? I, I, I'm crazy about that. I've calmed down a bit, right? But I do. I, I like to have things thought out. But my plans don't always come together the way I'd hoped. If they did, I wouldn't be here today preaching to you on numerous accounts. If they did, I wouldn't have gone back into ministry. And even going back into ministry, then my next plan, if that would have came through, I would never have put the church in Gardner. And then even then, the way I was going to do it, over and over and over, my plans are coming apart. My plans are coming apart. But over and over, God is directing my steps. I'm making plans. You know, God is directing my steps. I'm trusting in him, although imperfectly, seemingly inadequately. But I'm yearning for him. And then God establishes his plans in my life. And that's how we come to be here with you today. Maybe it's a good thing, although it can be a painful thing and a confusing thing when your plans are coming apart. Did you ever, I, I know, I know, it's just, it's unthinkable. There's no way you could have, yeah, I would have yes to the death if you would have told me that. Like, yeah, yeah, right, right, okay. So, uh, you're, you're saying the right thing, but what's going on? There's needs, there's wants, there's gaps. This is messed up. Listen. No God is with you and no God is guiding you, right? Look, when we started this church, it, it was going to be so different than what it, not only what it has become, but from the very beginning. We were not going to do church like we are now, which we would call an incarnational and missional model, right? Incarnational, Jesus came down as one of us and came amongst us, missional, to be in community and caring for people here and out there. It's what we do. We come alongside people. huh? We come alongside people in our church. We come alongside people in the community and organizations in the community. God told me that's the kind of church I want you to have. He did. It's not the church that I had planned for. It's not the church that we, in writing, documented, sent to an organization that we had figured on. But God said, that's the church you're going to have. And then I began to trust in that and look for, I don't know, where, where do I go with this? Traveled down to Florida, went here, went there. Like, what, what, I mean, I had a plan. Spent months, maybe a year. Here it is. It's no more. Gone. No, this is the kind of church you're going to have. 
It's going to be a very generous church. You're going to be thinking of others significantly more than yourself. Not only you, David, as a pastor, but the culture of the people are going to be thinking of others more than themselves. They're going to be thinking of those who don't have, those who don't like Christ. They're going to prefer the vision and the mission to see people come to know Christ more than they're going to think of themselves. Sounds like Christianity. <laughs> Less about ourselves and more about others. It's the core of who we are. That's why as we look back over eight years, we see this happening again and again and again. One-on-one in the community. That's why we continually to grow in the way we give. We're always looking for ways to give outside ourselves. That's why we do Christmas tide. Huh? I remember and, and by the way, even Christmas tide, our plans got blown up. We were scrambling like crazy. Like days before Christmas tide. That's why we we do it for the House of Peace and Education, and we're doing it now that we're bringing a GCAC in on it. And, and that night, I'm telling you, it's electric. You're going to see just hundreds of people just happy and glad. It's a wonderful thing, and it's us giving of ourselves, you giving of yourselves to others. Jesus taught us that it is better to give than to receive. Jesus said it's better to give than to receive. Christmas is a tough time for some of us. And, and, you know, it's just, it, look, we live in a culture, and culture affects us, and I'm not anti-culture. Christmas can be difficult. For some of you, you have to make these, you have to navigate the choices, like, where well, I want to get gifts, and I want to have a special, you know, Christmas dinner and spend time with my family and, and sit down and eat, and, and how do we do this without going to debt, or maybe we can't do this. So, look, if you have to make that choice as a church, I want to allow you to give us the opportunity to bless you. If you're in that place where, man, it's just, we're like underwater going in. I want to have a Christmas dinner with a pie and, and some food and, and this and that. You, you go to the guest services table. I'd love for you to do that. Um, NR, the letter N, the letter R, at chaircitychurch.com. Send an email to that. If you're not sure, just go to the table and say, hey, what's Nancy's email? Whatever you got to do. And what we'll do is, depending on the size of your family, we'll give you gift cards anywhere from $50 to $100 to contribute to that Christmas meal. Right? We want you to have a Christmas meal. We want you to share together. Yeah. Thank you, Amy, for leading them and clapping. <laughs> right? It was good. So how we, we started this way. And as always, if you don't have someone to share Christmas with, don't be alone. Contact, come tell me, come to me, and, and we'll make sure that you have a place to go. We're doing that. Those who are very involved here around the holidays, we're looking, we're inviting people. We want, just, we want people to be together, right? So it's one small way that we take care of each other, and we do this a lot. There's a lot going on out there, huh? Life groups are buying, uh, are getting Christmas dinners and gifts for families. Some families are getting entire food and gifts. People that are coming together are planning this, they're excited by it. We're blessed in the church because we're a generous church. People out there looking and they don't realize that one of our core reasons for what's going on in here is more than anything else is that we're generous. We're generous to the community, we're generous to one another, right? Why? 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 
Why? Because we trust in God. That's why. Because God is with us, he's guiding us, and we trust in him. That's why we can be generous with our finances, with our time. Listen, we often think, you know what? If God will bless me, I will trust him, right? If God blesses me, I'm definitely going to trust him. It's another way of thinking we have. It just doesn't work well that way. Because even if the blessing comes somehow, you're not conditioned to really treat it well and see it well. You're not going to grasp it. (laughs) It's not going to come from a place of you trusting God. You're going to funnel it through your plan. You're going to muck it up. You're going to mess it up. Hmm? I'm not talking, but, but if you trust God, he's free to bless you abundantly. And you can recognize it and see it as such. Now, I'm not just talking about material blessings here. I'm not limiting that. It's because God's greatest blessing to you is peace on earth. Come on. You know that. I know that. I've had less. I've had so much. When I was, you know, running an a administrator for a construction company and running around New England and I had this massive, not massive, but a pretty good-sized house, I had less peace and when I was prepared to live in a basement and all that we had lived in and not done with me, and we, there were times when we were walking through supermarkets, and even though I had a bad attitude, I had peace. God humbled me that day. Do you remember? But or, or when we were saying we're leaving Florida, and I told Chrissy, we're leaving Florida with the three kids, and we're going to go and live in a basement or in a garage somewhere because God is calling us to do something. I feel the time is now. Are you with me? Yes. And it was peace to live in a garage, to, to live in a basement, to start from nothing. But I had peace, and I didn't trust in God's plan. And then I come up here. I get Dave. I get flesh. I get me. And you know what? And I build a 2,600 square foot. And I built a big house, a nice house. And the months go by, and I'm realizing I don't got peace. I've made my plans. I've drifted from God's plan, and I'm sitting here looking at this 2,600 square foot house, and I don't got peace. Right? Like life sucks. And not just because my in-laws are attached and living next to me. I mean, aside from that. Listen. <laughs> I'm sure I will. <laughs> I might. I might. <laughs> it's true, Jim. <laughs> All right, listen. Have peace at the core of your being today, knowing that God is with you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Huh? It's a gift. Know that God is guiding you this morning. He is. He's appointing your steps this morning, trusting him with your emotions, with your morality, with your dreams, with your hopes. Trust in God even when you don't know the end of the story. This is the peace of Christmas. This is the peace of Christmas. The peace of Christmas is the assurance that my story is never over. Because my God is with me and he's guiding me. The best is yet to come, yes? Yes. Now, when you came in here today, 
Perhaps you did not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Perhaps you didn't realize that, wow, Jesus came, that he would gave his life for me, shed his blood on the cross, died and was resurrected, that, that I could have this cloudiness between me and God resolved, that I could turn from the way I'm living and turn to God and know that God loves me and, and there is a place for me in heaven. I could know that my sins are forgiven. I could not be a slave to sin and be dominated by them. And only all for my plans that are no peace, no peace. No, Jesus came that I would have peace, peace on earth, peace in eternity because God is with me now. This Christmas, have peace. Know Jesus. Know that God is with you, that God sent Jesus for you. It's a beautiful thing. If you're in here and you've been living out this thing called Christianity, maybe in a way of not really, truly thinking that God is with me, maybe coming into it thinking, okay, God, I believe in God and I trust him for my plans. Uh, so I'm going to stop this, I'm going to stop that, I'm going to start doing this, but all for the sake of my plans coming to fruition. Abandon that way of thinking today. Today, you know, you know what? God is with me. God is guiding me. And my plans might be coming apart, but I know he's with me. I know he's guiding me. And for the fulfillment of his good in my life and my ultimate good, and his plan will come to fruition. Yes? Today, I renew my relationship with Jesus Christ. I renew it. Look. You don't have to fall apart because your plans fall apart, huh? You can trust God and have peace this Christmas today. Now, begin to just sense that peace. Take that peace on every day going forward towards that day. Know this. Know God is with me. God is guiding me. To God be the glory.